Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey everybody, this is Gene Marks and welcome back to Thrive, a Paychex business series podcast. Today I'm speaking to Lucas Miller. Lucas is a uh, vice president of implementation for a company called Fishbowl. Now, maybe you've heard of Fishbowl, maybe you haven't. If you're in the accounting world like me, uh, you definitely have. Fishbowl makes inventory management software. I mean, they cut their teeth on QuickBooks. They were like, whatever QuickBooks couldn't do with inventory, Fishbowl did it, still does it. Uh, But now Fishbowl also integrates with a bunch of other accounting softwares and other technologies as well. And this whole conversation that we had today uh, is, is all about inventory. Now, don't fall asleep on me and don't turn things off. If you're selling inventory, if you've got products in your business, it's like your core asset of your company. And I've, I've always been fascinated by the topic of inventory because it's one of those pro, you know topics that people, like taxes, we tend to avoid because it's boring, and yet it's so critical to, to our profits. So that's what we're going to talk about. Lucas has got thoughts. I mean, this guy's been doing this for like 15 years. He's got thoughts on whether you should be counting your inventory at the end of the year or just relying on cycle accountants. Have you ever heard of the ABC method of tracking your inventory? He's going to talk about that as well. He's going to talk about uh, you know whether or not you have reorder points, both minimum and maximum reorder points. Do you have those? You should. And he'll explain to you what he means by that. We're also going to talk about obsolescence, key metrics that he likes to follow as well, the types of people you should have in your warehouse, and technologies that are really important right now. What he's seeing out in the world, what I'm seeing as well, among clients that are putting some automation and robotics into their warehouses and their inventory systems, these are all things that you need to know about. Oh, and we're going to talk about barcoding and RFID, radio frequency ID. Right. So it's a a conversation. It's all about inventory. And if you're selling products, this is something I think you really do need to listen to. It will help you out significantly. All right. So listen, um, you know, I I know Fishbowl really, really well. Uh, You know, we we have many, many clients that have used it over the years, uh, particularly integrating with QuickBooks. But just for the sake of our audience, tell us a little bit about what Fishbowl does. Yeah, so Fishbowl is an inventory management software that works alongside with QuickBooks. uh, And we work from anywhere from a wholesale and distribution industry or our bread and butter is really in the manufacturing industry. So if they do light uh, light to kind of heavy manufacturing, we can handle the processes, make sure we're uh, handling all the orders from purchasing to what they need to manufacture to then getting it out to the customers. And then we let QuickBooks handle what it's great at is the accounting side. It's great. And you've been there for, what, like you said, like about 100 years, something like that, 90 Close years? Close to that. It feels like it sometimes. But I've only been there about 15 years now, just over it. Okay. So love what I'm doing. And I've kind of started from the from the base and, and worked my way up. All right. Fair enough. All right. Listen, um, let's talk inventory now for the remainder of our podcast. We're, we're, we're now about to lose 90% of the people that were listening to us, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I, you know, when when I've been writing and when I've been talking about you know, to groups of business owners about <clears throat> supply chain issues, right? I find that amongst the many of my clients, um, you know, they don't have their their arms around their inventory very well. And I and I to me, Luke, and I don't know if you know, I want to get your thoughts on this. It's very very tough to determine exactly what your supply chain issues are without truly knowing what your supply is. You know. Are you finding this with your customers as well? It's very true. And especially in today's market and industry where the supply chain is completely disrupted, 
it is, it's brought to life a lot of other issues and people are like, oh, I didn't realize that I didn't know where my inventory comes from, what it is. There was so much that they just didn't understand about their inventory that we've been trying to preach to them for years. Yeah. You know, if, if you guys, you know, have two sources minimum for your inventory, it just solves a lot of these issues. Right. And so it's so many people are just being like, oh, I can get it. It's great. And, and you know, it's but today doesn't work that way. Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, it, we're talking about getting our arms around what we physically have in our plants. So um, give me your thoughts on counting inventory, Luke. Like, is it you know, I have I have back in the day as an accountant, as a CPA, uh, we were always big on you need to do annual, you know, physicals, annual physicals, count everything out, all that kind of stuff. The world has changed because of technologies like Fishbowl, where inventory, counting it, having a full shutdown once a year is not necessarily needed for a lot of businesses if you can have a good system of cycle counting. So if you were running a business and you were using Fishbowl, one, would you be would you be shutting down and still physically counting all of your inventory once a year like people were doing in the past or or, or do you think times have changed? Times have changed completely. Um, still, uh, you still hear the companies that shut down and they're like, oh, I'm doing it. And I you just kind of shake your head and laugh as <laughs> about the only thing you can do because you're right. If they have a decent inventory system um, and they're doing proper cycle counts. And usually, you, you know, I use cycle counts and it's a, and in addition to it, I use ABC codes, which is kind of the popularity of your parts. Mm-hmm. So I go through and I say, look, I'm counting my, my A parts are usually about once a month. I'll cycle through those. My B parts, I cycle through those eh, once a quarter to twice a year type situation. And my C parts, I just kind of randomly check them. So I get them maybe once a year. And so it's more, you're trying to take it, you know, small chunks at a time where you're not, you know, shutting everything down and counting every inventory. You're just saying, hey, let's count these 10 today and these 10 tomorrow. And by the time you get through it, you know, you're, you're within 99% accuracy. What happens when there are variances, though? Uh, what, what, what should be red flags that you're seeing with variances? So a lot of the variance obviously depends on the company and what their product is. Um, and there's always, you know, there is also thresholds that most companies will set. A lot of it's a dollar variance. You know, if it's a high dollar item, they're going to say, if there's any variance, we're going to try to do an audit on it and track what happened to it. Right. Um, so it's usually off of the dollars or if it's, you know, like a nut and a bolt type thing, they're going to say, well, I should have 50 pounds, but I only have 25. They kind of look at a threshold of, of what makes it worth it to, to look into it. And again, if you have a decent system, all you do is say, hey, show me all the history for this part. And boom, you can have a printout in a matter of seconds. Here's everything our system shows. Now let's go talk to the personnel that touches that inventory and see if something happened where they didn't record it or something like that happened. And, and that's usually, you know, a, a five, 10 minute process now versus what would take, you know, ha- you know, a week or so to try to track before. Right. Luke, what's happened as far as um, data input to to manage inventories over the past? I mean, you've been there 15 years, so a lot has changed. Um, you know, in the end, our inventory is only as good as you know the information we put into the system. Um, what type of what type of tools does Fishbowl offer or integrate with that can help people make sure that data is getting into the system correctly? So there's a lot of different integrations and it depends on kind of points of where your orders come in is a lot of it. So if you're selling on Amazon, eBay, 
that changes a lot of how the orders come in. Mm. But then once it's in to manage that inventory, you really should have some sort of scanning or barcoding system. Um, and it's not for speed. I want to be very clear. Mo so many people think, oh, barcoding is going to speed things up. In your warehouse, it really won't. It's meant to make it accurate. You know, if somebody scans it, it, it eliminates somebody putting the wrong item in a box. They scan it, put it in a box. If they can't scan it, you know, that's, that's going to prevent a lot of the issues. So barcoding is a huge, huge thing that if, if you can do it, it's going to save you the resources basically and, and make sure you're accurate on everything. So it's, yep. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, to, but you know, barcoding does come with a cost. You got to buy the scanners themselves, um, which, which, you know, usually comes with software, but is it, you know, does Fishbowl sell barcoding equipment or do you just make it a point to integrate with most standard barcoding systems that are available? Both. Uh, so we sell an inventory, a barcoding system and the hardware. Uh, also with the software, when you buy Fishbowl, we have the application for scanning um, and it can be run from a cell phone. So if anybody has an Apple or an Android device, you can use that. Uh, and that's honestly where we're seeing a lot of the industry going nowadays, because you can go, you know, walk down to any store and buy a cheap Android device and it works pretty darn well for everything. It'll use the camera and scan it and keep it accurate. Are you seeing more QR codes being used as opposed to standard, you know, traditional barcodes? QR codes are starting to become more popular. It's still not, not, it's not a hundred percent. There's a lot of issues when you get into the QR codes that people don't realize. Uh, it limits, a lot of it is kind of a limit on the system that you're using as well, because you need to make sure that your QR code has the data in the order that the system asks for it. So a lot of people don't realize that. And so they'll, they'll go out and create one. And then we're like, well, you didn't give, you know, I've seen it where they didn't even throw an item number in there. They had a quantity and a location. And we're like, great. What, what is it though? You're missing the most important piece. Right. So that's where it gets tricky with the QR codes, but they are, it is getting more and more, you know, feasible and viable to use. Right. But as we're talking right now, um, at the end of 2021, if you were implementing a system, uh, for a new company or companies automating their inventory, you would still be recommending barcoding over QR codes, at least for the time being. Is that at accurate? least for the time being? Uh, and your, your industry might change my answer to that a little bit as well. Uh, if you're doing something with a lot of tracking where it has like a serial number, lot number expirations, then a QR code might be beneficial. So it's just kind of weighing the cost benefits of that one. Okay, so we've got barcoding to get uh, you know accurate data and potentially QR codes as they grow in popularity. Talk to me a little bit about um, RFID or radio frequency ID. Um, what's the difference between those and barcoding, and where do you see RFID going? Um, you know, in, in inventory management going forward. Yeah, so RFIDs I don't use a ton, uh, which is great because um, it's it's a big expense to get into is the hardest part of it. Because um, you're putting basically a chip on almost every single one of your items. Right. And if you're in a small warehouse, it doesn't make sense financially usually. Um, just because there's not a lot of movement of your, your, you know, you're not moving it from one warehouse to the next. It's just in your one warehouse. It's when you get a big production that the RFIDs are a lot more popular and, and easier. Because then you guys go pick it up and it basically just does the work for you. Oh, he put, picked it up, moved it from here. It passed the tracker. Oh, now it's in this location. 
So it automates a lot of it, which is really cool, but the cost is just very prohibitive right now. Yeah, it's to me. It's I mean, it sounds like you know Amazon's distribution centers, like Amazon, like Amazon has, for example, are all all RFID equipped for that various reason. And just to make sure that I'm I'm clear for those you know listening, um, you know, there is a chip that has to go on every single item, however you're tracking. Maybe it's on a pallet, but it could be on an individual item. It depends on your tracking your inventory. Um, and you're right. It's it's like a GPS enabled system, right? I mean, like so as things move in the warehouse, that's when the accounting say. Right now, if you have a barcode. Uh, system and you you move an item from one location to another. You've got to barcode it out and barcode it in. So there's more room for error, I guess, or that yep. kind of stuff being missing. That's correct. The RFID it's a cool technology. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, all right, Luke. So uh, tell me about a little bit about inventory obsolescence. Um, you must have you know lots of customers that have older inventory or maybe don't track some of their older inventory. You know, what are your thoughts on on you know, on, on getting rid of inventory, disposing of inventory and um, how you should be managing that process. So a lot of it, if you have a good inventory system, you shouldn't have that much, if any, you know, obsolete inventory, um, especially, you know, so we're keeping track saying, hey, this stuff isn't moving. You got to make sure you're managing that inventory. Hmm. If you do start to see where you're getting, you know, heaven forbid, you know, you found a great deal on something, you bought it and you got way too much of it. There's things you need to make sure you're watching out for. One, it's costing you money to store it on your warehouse. Um, I love walking through warehouses and it's no matter what warehouse I've been through, you can walk there and you're like, oh, what's this one shelf? And they're like, oh, that's all the crap inventory. <laughs> right. And you're like, well, what are we doing with it? What's the cost of it? They're like, oh, it just sits there. We'll write it off eventually. And, and it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, so I always try to make sure. So, you know, in Fishbowl, we have an aging report so you can see what's moving. We can get, you know, we can guide you and say, hey, these parts are selling well. These aren't. Try to give a lot more information. So we're actually not buying things that we don't need. Um, and that's really where it comes in is controlling the purchasing side. Mm. So you're not, you know, putting too much on your shelf. And that's 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 always a tricky balance. You're kind of guessing where the market's going a bit. But if you do your thresholds and everything proper and have a couple different suppliers, you really don't have to, you know, you'll try to run more lean than anything. The obsolete, it just, it eats up money and eats up space. Hmm. So it's, it's not a fun thing to have. What are you seeing among your customers about other technologies that are out there? I've, um, you know, I, I was recently writing about the uh, just, just significant increase in robots in the warehouse. I'm seeing assembly arms. I'm seeing... Uh, you know, uh, autonomous carriers, drones even, you know, in a <laughs> warehouse. I mean, you talk to lots of customers, all of different sizes that are using Fishbowl. They're all managing inventory. They all want to manage it as efficiently as possible with the less humans as, as involved as possible. So I'm kind of curious what other technologies you're seeing um, that are rising in popularity that you and Fishbowl have got to be dealing with. So RFID was one of the big, actually, things that are coming up with the technology that we're seeing a lot of those. Um, but another thing that really comes up is in the manufacturing is just the automation on the machine side, hmm. um, where they can basically just trigger a machine, you know, supply the machine with the goods, and it'll produce for 24 hours, if not longer. Hmm. And it just keeps pumping out the inventory. Hmm. Um, that's been one of the coolest things to see. I mean, there there are some amazing machinery out there if you're in the manufacturing world um, that can really make it so you can cut down 
on the amount of man, man time or manpower that you're putting on it. You throw a machine on it and, and they can make it. It's accurate. And, and it just you know makes everything so much smoother. And then you can move that warehouse staff if you need to, or the production staff to other more, you know, critical processes or things where you can't quite automate it yet. Um, but the machines in, in, in manufacturing are huge. As an inventory management software, how has Fishbowl changed over the years? I'm assuming it's become much more open uh, to be integrated with other applications. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, when I started, we integrated with QuickBooks, and I think that was it. Um, <laughs> so we, we basically just had a QuickBooks integration and in that we would send information to QuickBooks. Now um, we have Amazon, eBay, Shopify, WooCommerce, um, Salesforce. I mean, it's it's really becoming where Fishbowl is turning into a hub for a lot of different softwares. Hmm. Uh, so the order entries or the, you know, the order management systems or websites, they can then integrate, come right into Fishbowl. We can then integrate with different shipping softwares so it can then manage your shipping. And then we can be kind of, again, that middle hub. We update all the tracking with everybody and then update QuickBooks again with all the accounting softwares. Look, if you are, um, and I know your your title is your VP of implementation, right? So Correct. that's, so, um, you know, if, I, if I'm a growing business and I've been tracking my inventory manually or not that great on Excel or even not that great on QuickBooks. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to make the jump into Fishbowl. Um, and I really want to truly automate this. And let's say you are the guy internally that's in charge of, of migrating an existing mostly manual system to a Fishbowl. What are some of the things that um, you would need to be thinking about? What, how does that process work? A great question. A lot of it comes down to your data and the cleanliness or integrity of it. Okay. Um, so there's people, you know, they have... On one spreadsheet, we'll just keep it simple. It was called ABC. On the next spreadsheet, the exact same item is ABCD. Right. And it just throws so much off and we're like, okay, where's the uniformity? And a lot of people, again, look to inventory management to say, it's going to save me time. And in the end, it will. But to get it set up, we need to make sure you have it accurate. And there probably will be some changes in your processes. Hmm. And that's part of the, the reason Fishbowl exists is we're so good and we have our processes down that it can be a pain to implement because we're pointing out where some issues are in the business. And if you streamline and switch to the processes, it helps, you know, with the entire business and the process flow. You know, I, I got to jump in and say that I, I was literally just reading an article today about how, um, you know, software, you know, uh, should fit into a business's process. The business shouldn't have to fit into the software's processes. And I, I just could not disagree more <laughs> with that statement. I mean, I understand that, you know, people have different way of doing things, but you must see among all of your customers that inventory is inventory. There are some right ways to do it, which I'm assuming Fishbowl has incorporated into its own processes. Um, that for a business to really do it the right way, they, they really need to change to adhere to, you know, software that does do it the right way. Is that a fair statement? That is correct. It's It amazes me how many times people are like, oh, well, I could do this before. Yeah, you could, but look at what you're, where you're at before and where we're taking you. Right. It's, it's just a night and day difference to see things. Which brings me to, you know, the question of sort of pushback that you get from customers, you know, I mean, particularly smaller ones. They're used to doing it the way they did it before. Now you're coming in with this new system. So what are like what are the headaches that you guys have that you wish you know your 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 prospective customers in the future knew about? So 
you know, you could avoid having these discussions? Uh, we hit one of them, which is data. That is our <laughs> biggest pain point. Yeah. Um, and especially with today's market where people are selling on, you know, three or four different selling channels, you know, Amazon, their own site and somebody else. If they don't have uniformity in their data, it, it is just a pain process. Hmm. The other thing that I would recommend is anytime you're doing a system, any new system, have one person that is in charge. And that person better know your business. Yeah. Um, we get it all the time where they throw the intern at it. Yeah. And it's great, good, good experience for the intern, but it's always, oh, I got to go use this or I got to find this question. And if somebody that was in charge and knew the business, it could make the onboarding process so much easier. Which makes me laugh because inventory for most businesses that have inventory, that's like their core asset of their business. You know, that is it. <laughs> And then here they are automating their inventory system, and yet they're throwing like a kid out of college, you know, to like take control of that project. Yep. <laughs> Luke, um, metrics before I let you go. I know we only have a couple minutes left, but um, you know, again, you're running an inventory system. What? Give me an idea of some metrics. And I, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna. By the way, I'm gonna stop. I don't want to hear about inventory turnover. You know, or your gross margin. I mean, I, yeah, I, I we kind of get that theoretically. I'm just wondering on a daily basis or a weekly basis, if you're running, you're in charge of inventory at a at a business, are there any sort of real-time metrics that you think that, that Fishbowl provides that you'd be keeping an eye on just to make sure nothing is going, you know, out of whack? Does, does that make sense? Yep. So the one of them would be the min-max levels or reorder points. Great one. Um, it's a huge one that I look at. And then the other one that goes in, you know, hand in hand with the cycle counting is your ABC codes. It's kind of a dying product is what's funny is a lot of people don't use it, mm. but the ABC codes, I'm, if I, if I'm in inventory, I'm looking at my ABC codes and recalculating those on a weekly basis. So th- just so we know, so you, you mentioned ABC codes at the beginning of this conversation, you've got your A inventory, your B inventory, your C inventory. Your A inventory is the stuff that's turning over the most. That's what's making you the money. B is like, you know, in the middle of that. And C is like hardly turning over at all, right? So what do you mean by ABC codes? Like, isn't that always the case? Or like, what are you looking at when you you say ABC codes? So I'm looking to see if any items are moving between A and B, like if they're switching their positions in in my inventory. Because your inventory sells, you know, most industries have seasons, but even within the seasons, they have another season. Um, so I want to look and see, okay, is this an A part today versus tomorrow? Because then if it, if it was an A part and now it's a B part, okay, let's maybe move that a little further back in my warehouse where I don't mm-hmm. need it as much. And then, you know, if, you know, the C parts, I'm like, hey, let, let's throw that out basically in the rain and almost get rid of it type situation. It's something I don't need. And so I'm looking at my C parts and I'm looking and saying, hey, these aren't moving what do I need to do to get rid of them? Because it's taking up my space and taking up, you know, my assets. I love that. I love that. So you're looking at ABC codes, what's moving and what's not moving. And also you're, you're, you're keeping an eye out on minimum and maximum reorder points, right? Yep. Um, and are you a believer in automation when it comes to reordering? Like when it hits a certain point and a PO is automatically generated, or do you feel that some human involvement is needed beforehand? I like the automation that it triggers to say, look to order this. I okay. don't like the automation of ordering it per se. Uh, Fishbowl can do both. Uh, and it's more of just, I like to have that final control. And that should be your purchasing agent that says, hey, yep, I agree. I need this. This is what the system tells me. Let's just double check to make sure 
you know, I don't know some random, you know, fishbowl doesn't know what's going on in the market or in the world. You know, let's look and see, oh, do I really need to buy some shorts as we're going into the fall season? There's different things that you need to look at. Um, Luke, this is great. I could talk about inventory all day. Like I said, we put the entire audience to sleep and yet I find this fascinating stuff. And it makes me laugh because, I mean, um, you know, I, I like to put people to sleep talking about taxes because taxes is like 20% of your, it's like your biggest cost. And for a lot of businesses, uh, inventory is is the core asset. So I think you, you've given us some great, some great thoughts. Anything I'm missing before I let you go? Any, any thoughts that you would want to you know, leave our audience with when it comes to managing their inventory? Just, just keep, let, let you manage your inventory. Don't let it manage you is really where I, every time I end. So thank you. Lucas Miller is the vice president of implementation at fishbowl, fishbowl.com. Correct. Fishbowlinventory.com. Ah, fishbowlinventory.com. Thank you very much. Luke, that was great. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you spent. Um, thank you. Good luck with inventory. Thank you. And you too. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash thrive topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021, all rights reserved.